You know, there are many difficulties that come with being in a dating relationship. For example, choosing where you're going to eat on date night. Typically, it goes something like this. Uh, your significant other gets in the car. Okay, where would you like to go to dinner? Oh, I don't care. Why don't you pick? No, no, you should pick. No, you, no, you. And this goes on for some time. And the reason it's an issue is because you want to do whatever the other person wants, and they want to do whatever you want. And so it, it becomes this, this weird, difficult situation of figuring out whose will should be done. Well, in our text this evening, Jesus tells us that this should never be a problem in our relationship with God. Uh, we are currently in a series where we're systematically working our way through uh, what's called the Lord's Prayer, which we find in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And we're trying to discover how Jesus teaches us to pray, how we ought to talk with God. And tonight we're zooming in on verse 10, which tells us that before we, we bring our requests, our offerings to God, we have to submit ourselves and those requests to his will. And so from our text, I want us to see three things this evening. I want us to, to see the rationale behind saying, your will be done. And I want us to look at our resistance to that and our reassurance in it. Okay, so the rationale. Verse 10 tells us uh, to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we have two lines here, kingdom come and your will be done, but they're really making the same point. I think about it like this. If North Korea were to invade the United States and somehow overthrow it, right? Kim Jong-un would become the highest power in the land, the ultimate authority. And since his kingdom had come to this country, uh, quite a few laws would probably end up being rewritten. Why? So that they would conform to his will, so that his will would be done. The two are interlaced with each other. And in the same way, uh, Jesus, as soon as he shows up on the scene, begins announcing that the kingdom of God has arrived, that God's kingdom has come, that even now, through him, it's breaking in. God is king, and therefore his subjects should desire that his will be done. And here's what this doesn't mean. It doesn't simply mean that we are to ask God to help us follow the rules. Uh, it's actually a lot scarier than that. Jesus, in telling us that we should pray, your will be done, is telling us to do two things. To pray that we might diligently do all that God commands, and that we would patiently submit to all that God inflicts. When we pray this section of the Lord's Prayer, we are not just saying, Lord, let me do your will. We are also saying, Lord, let me gladly accept your will. Let me be okay when things don't go the way I think they should. And you might be wondering, why in the world would anyone ever pray a prayer like that? And I think it's because of the promises connected to it sound really good. 
And throughout scripture, we're promised things like uh, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Or uh, God has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, a plan to give you a hope and a future. That God loves you and he wants to give you an abundant, eternal life if you just ask. We hear things like that and say, that's pretty good. Yeah, sign me up for that. If that's what it means for your will to be done, I'm all for it. But that's not really how it plays out, is it? It's not how our lives play out, and that's not really how we act. Uh, let, let's be honest with one another. No one wants to pray this part of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, no one wants to submit themselves and is our worst nightmare, which is why we are resistant to praying, Lord, your will be done. So the reality is that, that we, at times, just flat out refuse to do what God commands. Uh, we say in our heart, through our actions, not your will, but my will be done. Uh, at least I do. I, maybe some of you can't relate to that, because I, I know that uh, many of you have you know, grown up in the church, uh, you go to Christian schools, uh, you know that you're a sinner, but not really in the same way that other people are, right? You haven't done anything too bad, and you might actually feel that you keep God's commands pretty well. And yet I wonder if we have elevated a few blatant breakings of God's commands as the test of our alignment to God's will and have actually missed the point missed what he actually desires for us. Uh, later in the Gospel of Matthew, someone asked Jesus, uh, Teacher, which is the most important commandment? And this is what he says in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. He says to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends or sums up all the law and the prophets. This is the, the sum of God's will for you, that you would love God and love others. And that is a very easy inventory to take. Do I love God? Which, based on our discussion last week, means, is he the ultimate thing in my life? Is he first and foremost? Is he the thing I love most? And then how do I treat other people? Do I love them like I love myself? When I see that individual, that peer, coming and I pull out my phone to look busy, or I, I close my circle of friends around me so that they can't join the conversation, or I put stuff on the seat to, to keep them away. Am I really loving them like I love myself? Do you see the point? That even if you are keeping pockets of God's commands, we are typically missing the heart of it. We have all rejected God's commands. And, and, and here, here's why I think we do that. I think it's because we have experienced God's afflictions, which is really just a fancy way of saying that, that we don't like 
lives. And I'll admit, I, I don't know each one of you well enough to say what those afflictions have been in your life. What things have caused you to say in your heart, what are you doing, God? Were you even thinking when you let that happen? I thought you loved me, but obviously this proves otherwise. That, I think, is the root of our resistance. See, anytime you or I choose to sin, we choose to disobey one of God's commands, there, lurking beneath the surface, is the conviction that our way would have been better. Fueled by what seems like needless suffering, our hearts say, if this is what life is like with your will being done, I don't want anything to do with it. And yet, Jesus is insistent that this is the way not just to pray, but to live, even though it's hard. This is why we're offered an assurance in the midst of praying, your will be done. And again, the answer lies in whom we're praying to. Remember, we're not praying to anyone. We are praying to our Father in heaven. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a wild guess here and assume that submitting to your parents' will and rule is, is something that's rather difficult for you. Mostly because we think that we know better than our parents and, and we don't really want anyone to tell us what to do. But a parent's main job is actually not to frustrate you or to be lame. They're actually trying to shape you, to, to push you. And at times, to do that, they have to go against your deepest desires for your own good. For example, uh, my kids, Theo and May, five and three, if we would let them, they would live on applesauce and candy. Just, that's all they would eat. But uh, of course, that would be disastrous for them, so we don't do that. And sometimes they can get angry about that. They might even accuse us of not loving them because we won't let them eat candy whenever they want. But is it unloving? No. No, it's actually quite loving because M and I know what's best for them in this situation. That's not true of every situation because we are flawed human beings. But what if you had a parent that not only desired what was best for you, but always knew what was best for you and was powerful enough to always bring that about? That would be a parent worth submitting to every single time. And that's what we have in God. God loves you more than anyone else ever can or will. He has good for you and has gone and will go to incalculable lengths to make that good happen. Yes, but what about those afflictions, Caleb? What about those difficult situations that, that don't seem to make any sense and even disprove, uh, disprove that God's will should be done? How do we actually know that God has good for us, that we can entrust ourselves to him and his will? Well, you won't necessarily like the answer, but, but it's Jesus. Uh, did you know that, that like us, Jesus had to pray, your will be done? See, later in, in his account, Matthew tells us in Matthew 26, verses 38 and 39, that Jesus was sorrowful and troubled in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, right before he, he gets taken to be crucified. 
And he turns to his disciples and he says to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, Jesus' struggle that night shows us two things. First, and this is the part you won't like, God's will for you can and often does involve suffering. Didn't even spare his son from it. But second, Jesus' submission shows us that from that suffering, God works incredible, unimaginable good. And think about it. What came from Jesus' suffering? The redemption of all those who believe. See, the, the only way that you and I will ever be able to pray this portion of the Lord's Prayer is if we see the suffering son, if we look to Jesus and we see that even when God afflicts us, even when he brings things into our lives that we wouldn't choose, it is both good and for our good. See, it's only when we understand that that it is our Father in heaven that we are entrusting ourselves to, that it allows us to say, your will be done earth as it is in heaven. 